0: My name is Brian, and this is my co-host Sonny, and we are the Messy Millennial Podcast. We are super, super stoked that you decided to hang out with us. Um, We've got our first three episodes up. We are officially approved on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I think there's there's a bunch of smaller ones too, but I know that most of y'all are going to be listening on those platforms, and so we're super grateful, Um, and we're just super happy for the support. We've actually had a, a couple people reach out to us this week. And have asked questions and have engaged engaged with uh, some of the content we put on the podcast, and and that's why we're doing this. And we're just we feel super blessed uh, that that you guys are getting something out of this, and, and that we're not just talking to an empty empty internet feed. Um, that you guys are engaging, and, and and I'm super grateful for all of those things. Um, Sunny, how how's life? How's it going?
1: It's good, definitely. Um, I just want to add, I we are literally putting this podcast together and learning as we go and so having support from our friends and family and even people we don't know is awesome Mm -hmm. and we really do feel really appreciative to have um you listening to us today and it's awesome to have people engage with us so um feel free to reach out and engage with us as you as you will and as you
0: listen so thank you thank you thank you Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're, we're super grateful. Um, you know, we, we started this podcast just because both of us really felt like we just wanted to encourage people and help people grow. And, and we're all, we're both like right on that cusp of young adult to not actually being a young adult. We're like almost like, (laughs) we're almost like full adults now. Like, (laughs) are we, are we though? I mean, (laughs) One of us one of us is, and I'll let you guys figure out which one that is. Um, no, uh, it's, it's good. Um, if you guys hear uh, some pitter-patter and some stomping and yelling, uh, I don't have any kids, but I'm at my sister's house in Wisconsin this week, and so she has three um, seven year old my seven-year- old niece Adelie, she is my favorite human being, uh, a two-year-old uh, Matthias and he is a just a crazy violent little two-year-old and he just runs and throws and yells and screams and it's a lot of fun and um and then uh, newborn so well, he's six months old now he's not really a newborn but anyways so if you hear some of that going on that's that's it but and I know Sunny, Sonny's got her own kids so we're, we're, we'll make it work it's gonna be it'll be good I'm, I'm in the basement with the door closed so we'll, we'll see how this goes but uh, we're just excited um to be talking today uh one of it's funny, you know, one of the things that we were talking about was as millennials, like, growing up in the 90s and 2000s, like, it's funny how fashion kind of comes back around. Because I'm noticing, at least recently, a lot of, like, very, like these kids, quote-unquote kids, are like seven, 16, 17, 18. It's like, like Generation dress- Z. Z. They're, like, dressing yes. like it's 1994 again. <laughs> And, yeah. and i'm like what is going on but i thought we could just like take a deep dive a little bit into some of like the late 90s early 2000s style um yeah. and some of the stuff we agree on we do have a fundamental difference on one article of clothing and <laughs> yes. i'm just gonna put this out there and i will probably get a ton of hate and if you want to send me hate that's fine just no, Please
1: do. Care. Like let's let's really like we we really need to change his mind on this. Can like, I this just, is okay. Unacceptable.
0: Can I just say that high waisted jeans look good on nobody. None. Zero. I understand they're comfortable. They're probably more fat. They're okay. probably they're probably more uh, functional or whatever. But I'm just like uh, I'm just like I'm yeah. I don't know. I just I'm not a fan of the mom jeans. So. Can we just not have those and just like make those go away forever?
1: No, it's totally just not. I don't understand. Maybe it's because you don't wear high-waisted jeans. But as a woman who wears high-waisted jeans, they are comfortable. (laughs) They fit you in all the right places. They flatter you usually. Usually.
0: Ah.
1: In all the right places. Sometimes. Like I get there are cases when that is not true.
0: Whenever I, see, overall, whenever I see, whenever I, see like a, like a late twenties, early thirties woman in, in high-waisted jeans, I just automatically think of like the 90s sitcom moms that like, I'm like, she's about to bring me some Capri Sun. Like, <laughs> which I mean, is that a bad thing? No, I do. I, I am a Pacific, <laughs> Pacific cooler fan myself, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know. I, 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 I'm a guy. I know I shouldn't really have an opinion on that, but I do. And I'm just like, it just doesn't, it doesn't look on anybody. But hey, listen, even if I don't think it looks good on people, like you do you and whatever's comfortable for oh, you, you do I'm you. I'm doing me. Yeah, I I'm know you I'm doing are. me. I know. You don't. <laughs> Sunny, Sunny don't care. Sunny just do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I will say like, there are some things that like, I kind of would like to see make a comeback. Not because I think they were fashionable, but because of how ridiculous they were. Um, do you remember Jinko jeans?
1: Oh my gosh
0: Of course. <laughs> you're from California, so I feel like that was bigger out in the West Coast for sure. Oh
1: my gosh like I have vivid memories of Jinko jeans
0: yes i I literally like would beg my parents we didn't have a lot of money and they were all like eighty five dollar pair of jeans and my parents were like absolutely not and I remember finding a pair of jeans this is this is how like this is how sad this was. I remember finding a pair of Jinko jeans at goodwill in like fifth grade and they were like 12 bucks and that would be like the most my dad would have ever spent on a pair of pants for me <laughs> and they were just a little too small so like i had my grandma like build in sections in the waist so that i could wear them because i just i wanted a pair of jinko jeans i will that they were so cool because they had the pockets that would go down to like the middle of your knee and the legs <laughs> were so wide and then that was like really big during like rollerblading culture like the x games was really big deal and skateboarding and all that stuff, and I was really into that. And so, uh, I like Jingo jeans. Hold I understand. on, I need to
1: know something. Sure. What things were you putting into your pockets? at oh, I don't know, ten years old. Ten years old. Into these giant so, pockets of your jeans.
0: So I used to have a like a comb that like looked like a switchblade, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So like it would like slide open like a like a knife would, but like it was it was just a plastic comb. I remember carrying that around. Um, I would put, oh, my Game... Like, I could fit my entire Game Boy into my back pocket. No oh, problem. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember
1: I had a Game Boy that was lime green, like slime green. Ooh, yeah. And it was clear. Like, it was, oh, like, clear yeah. lime green, yeah. I
0: do and remember it
1: was that. Before that. they it was before they came out with the Game Boy Advance that mm-hmm. had the colored screen. Right. So it was, like, all, you know... Whatever, like the regular screen, but I remember being like feeling at least like I was the coolest kid on the block (sighs) because I had the limited edition lime lime green Game Boy.
0: Oh, I spent one of the highlights of '97. So I had I had a Sony Walkman, um, or like a disc with the anti skip. Oh my gosh, that was like the best. And then. I actually had a Sega Game Gear that I could fit in the the back of those pockets and they were bigger they were much bigger than but I swear I spent 90% of my allowance on batteries because those things <laughs> were just battery hogs like you would just it would yes. be like 2 days of playing and your batteries are dead and it was yeah I would spend that and then I would spend the rest of my allowance I was a huge Pokemon card like we were so into yeah, Pokemon cards for as sure. kids. And so I was I'm actually, that too. side story, I was sub, I'm a, I was substitute teaching this last school year for fourth grade. And Pokemon is still like a big deal for these kids, which I thought was funny. And they didn't even think, they're like, Mr. Almond, do you know what Pokemon is? And I'm like, oh, so, let, me, let me show you who the master is. And so what I did is I called my mom and uh, I was able to get some of my cards. And I brought them to the school. And they saw that I had some, like, original OG Pokemon cards. And they these 10-year-old kids lost their mind. And all of a sudden, I was the coolest person in the world. So,
1: you know. Oh, for sure. You
0: I Yeah. It was great. And I gave a lot of them away, like, as, as well, good behavior prizes. Because they were all little hellions. But um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, Pokemon was a lot That's of fun. I that. did a lot of baseball cards. Um, I think a little bit later, not so much late 90s, but definitely early 2000s. The puka shells. Do you remember the the, the yes. shell necklaces? Um, yeah. Those were those were a big deal. But didn't we we had a conversation off air about um, like PacSun sells puka shells now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they like stop selling them and they sell them like I seen this kid walking around with puka shells and I'm like what what year is this? And um, and then the ball bearing necklaces too. I yeah had the ball bearing oh my that gosh yeah. I was all about that life and K2 rollerblades, so I mean what I, I guess what was what was Sonny's culture? like what was your stuff? like what does 12 year old Sonny wear? you know, and what yeah. was so cool for you?
1: Yeah, so I have to say first off, like I love seeing 90s fashion make a comeback. Yeah um, I will say I am a little salty though, like I, it does bug me to see these like generation Z kids walking around who were born in 1995 <laughs> wearing fashion that I wore when I was genuinely five years old, like right. five to 10. Right. I'm like, hey, you stole that from me. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I really do love seeing that. And especially now as like a, you know, 30 year old who like, I feel like I'm pretty fashionable. Um, I love getting to steal some of that like fashion trend and like wear it as an adult now. It's, it's oh, a lot absolutely. of fun. Absolutely, um, but like you know, a daily outfit would consist of for me back in 1997 when I was about seven years old. Um, butterfly clips in my hair. Ooh, yeah, for sure.
0: Were you a Lisa Frank um, girl, first of all? Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. fair enough. Hundred yeah.
1: um, percent. A Tamagotchi clips to my jean jean uh, strap there. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, one of those stretchy chokers around my neck, at least one, I mean, sometimes even more. Um, I remember like cropped tank tops, um, like the, and then the, they're not even like skinny tank tops, but like chunky tank tops, like up at the top around you, like, you know, that would be like pretty chunky. Um, tie dye. I feel like tie dye was super in. I, I feel like, okay, so I seven. feel like the
0: throw, like how right now we're throwing back to the nineties. I feel like the nineties was throwing back to the seventies. Like yeah. it was actually, yeah. like there was this kind of, <laughs> there was definitely yeah. this like flower child vibe yeah. during, during the nineties a little bit. And yeah. it was, it was interesting. Were you, were, were you, uh, did you have like, uh, all the Lisa Frank accessories and the trapper keeper and all of like the schools, the trendy school supply stuff too?
1: I feel like I did. I don't have, like, strong memories of that, but I've, I feel like I did. I remember at school that being a thing, like, yeah. obviously. Yeah. You know, my friends having that, and I'm sure I did. I mean, I can't. I, I'm sure I did. Right. Um, But I do remember, like, wearing um, bright eyeshadow once mm-hmm. I was allowed to wear makeup, like, mm. excessively bright, like, bright green and bright blue, like, icy pink you know <laughs> um and then you know obviously like some I know we'll probably get into this you know at a different time but being obsessed with the spice girls and so anything they did or anything they wore yep. was like you know my they oh, were yeah. my role models so That's I would hilarious. obviously follow all of their fashion trends the best I could yep. at seven to ten
0: yeah um,
1: years old. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, and then obviously transitioning into, like, that mid-2000s or early 2000s, mid-2000s, uh, kind of switched over to Converse, band mm. t-shirts, <laughs> um, oversized yeah. hoodies, you know, yeah. kind you of that, that cool Okay, kid. you were
0: that girl. Okay. Did you have the studded belt? Like, the studded belts? No,
1: actually, I didn't. I okay. really I, – I had friends who were – that was – The trend, don't you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. But that was not like I, that was like a little too hardcore for me. So you weren't like the
0: hot topic girl.
1: No, I was not. I mean, I did wear a couple band tees for sure to like say, like, yeah, you know, got a little bit of like that music cred for sure, you know, but (laughs) I wasn't that hard. I was still like a soft, sweet girl. So, you know. I was too bubbly for that.
0: Yeah. See, I so I like I I think for me I tried so many different clicks and I just wanted to fit in somewhere. So like, there you'll see pictures and it was like <laughs> emo goth Brian and then there was like super peppy preppy Brian. I remember more high school. This would have been early two thousands, wearing two polos. And then popping the collars on both yes. of them, so you get the two oh colors. Oh my gosh! Going. Yes. I would wear that, and then um, the that's kind of when blasted and faded jeans kind of really started like yeah. being a thing. And then okay. I remember when like you could get pocket like bo- um flaps on your back pockets of your jeans for guys. That was always a girls thing, and then all of a sudden, like True Religion came out, and all of these like, like guys, high-end yes. jeans. <laughs> and I remember doing that. Um, I was definitely into that. I was more, but I was definitely like spiky hair, American Eagle, yes. whoa, kind of. Um, my mom sent me a picture. I had this like uh, rugby shirt and it was like a long sleeve rugby shirt. And it was maroon and mustard with a big six on it. And it was like, this is the most 2004 thing I've ever seen. You should but look I,
1: that shirt up.
0: I tried. On, like, I, I would. I would love, I would, if anybody's listening, and knows what I'm talking about. It's an American Eagle number six shirt. It's like yellow, like a mustard with maroon stripes on the sleeves. I will pay you for that shirt. I was just talking about that the other day. I would love to find that shirt again. So I mean, yeah. maybe Poshmark. I haven't looked on Poshmark, but I, I looked on It's an American Eagle shirt. I know that for sure. But funny thing, uh, Drake in, well, his name was Jimmy Brooks in Degrassi. Uh, I remember he had the same shirt. I just was like, oh, that was before he was Drake. So I didn't really like freak like think that hard about it but um Degrassi I mean we could go all into Degrassi were you Degrassi person or no I wasn't oh see well then maybe I
1: you know what's funny I remember Degrassi was on what network were they on
0: like Noggin I think
1: Noggin and I our like cable did not include Noggin Uh, and you had to pay extra for Noggin yeah and we were like (laughs) broke i
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it was Noggin. (laughs) I think Noggin was like Nickelodeon's kind of more racy channel. It was like upper teens. It was like that 16 to 19 demographic. And so, um, like, I look back and I'm like, I probably wouldn't have let my kids watch Degrassi when they were like 12. Like, maybe when they were older. But, like, yeah. Everybody was pregnant and on drugs and, you know,
1: whatever. (laughs) I just remember that show, or that Noggin was not available to, like, our cable plan. You know, because back then it was cable. Right. Like, not Netflix or any type of like streaming service. Oh, I
0: know. So (laughs) like these kids don't understand. Like I had to go to family video. I had to pick a video off the shelf, hope it was in stock and then Mm -hmm. bring it back and put it in the deep. Like there was no, like, listen, I've, I had Netflix in 2008 when it was a DVD delivery service. So before it started streaming movies, I would order DVDs online two at a time and then you'd send them back and get new ones. Like it was, um, and I mean, Netflix has been around a long time, but they, you know, obviously blew up with their streaming service and, but going back, kind of like backtracking to the, the fashion conversation, um, uh, I definitely, I remember there was a period more my brother than me, but like bowling shirts, um, <coughs> like bowling shirts were a thing and like, and then visors visor guys with visors and we would wear them like upside down and backwards and let our frosted tips stick out the top because (laughs) we were that douchey it was uh like I look at it now and I cringe but I'm like back then we thought we were like super super cool and I remember like just the you know and maybe this is another topic for another day but I think it's really interesting there was that like Abercrombie and Fitch culture where it was like the cool rich but really mean kids right like those were like wore that Right, war, all of that stuff, but it's really interesting how it, like, in 2005, 2004, which is not that long ago, all of the popular kids were super mean, right? But you look at high school now, and it's like, if you're a mean kid, you're not popular at all. Like, all these kids are like, I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just saying it from a different vantage point now, but I just find it interesting how, like, inclusion and acceptance, all very good things, obviously, are part of the high schooler psyche where when we were when I was growing up it was all about exclusivity. It was always about i mm-hmm. I'm in my group and you're not cool enough to be yeah. in my group. You know? Yeah, definitely. So But, but before uh, we
1: move on, I wanna to touch on one thing. Okay. Um it's funny that you brought up the um the polo shirts. <laughs> yeah. Because I as well went through a polo shirt phase.
0: <laughs> was it at Southeastern? And what is it was it in college?
1: No, it was actually in high school and okay. it was probably like as I matured,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but I loved polo shirts, and I only wore polo shirts. I went through this whole phase. I only wore polo shirts, and they had to have the American eagle yep. um, bird, yep. mm-hmm. you know, eagle on there. Mm-hmm. And um, I wore a tank top underneath them because they had to, you know, my tank top underneath had to cover my backside <laughs> and go long enough to, right. like, you know, cover everything with Absolutely. my, you know, hippie self. And then um, I also wore—I don't know if you guys had these in Wisconsin. I know it's a different climate, but these reef platform flip flops.
0: I I know what they are. Yes, I yes, like in the summertime for sure. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: and that was like the signature look of my school. And uh, if you did cool. not look like that, it was like you know.
0: Yeah, we were, we were definitely again. Hey,
1: maybe maybe rounding, bringing it back to your inclusivity point. Um, you were probably frowned upon
0: i know, remember popular girls <laughs> i remember rainbow rainbow brand flip-flops were oh like yes super oh my gosh, popular. Yeah. and then they um were. I, oh how would i we can't have this conversation without talking about two things trucker hats first of all oh, yeah. ashton kutcher just decided i'm gonna take the most uncool thing and i'm gonna start doing it and everybody because of ashton kutcher and punked and all that stuff which is one of my all-time favorite shows still i think it's hilarious but because of Ashton Kutcher and his, his, uh, Dutch, uh, trucker hats, you know, that was a big deal. And then, um, Jesus is my homeboy t-shirts. Yeah. Like that was a big deal for a second, but it was kind of like, I I kind of feel like Christians would wear it, but I also feel like non-Christians would wear it in like an ironic way. Like Mm -hmm. it was, I don't know. I just thought, I remember the Jesus is my homeboy trucker hats. Um, oh, big old belt buckles. That was the thing too. You'd wear your polos, but I would have like these big old, like from the buckle they would have like these big like i don't yeah. know four by four five by five <laughs> inch belt, which buckles. is
1: absolutely ridiculous oh it is it
0: is now i will <laughs> i will say this and i can, again if anybody knows how to find these if you if there are any sneaker heads listening i had a pair of blue um nikes they were like dunk pro lows um and they were the 20th anniversary edition of the rep your school and i got these kentucky blue nikes that were my favorite shoes in the whole world and i have a picture of the only picture i have of me wearing them is my senior picture and um <laughs> i was in an american eagle track jacket track jackets were another thing too but um i had these shoes so if anybody knows how to get a hold of these i've looked online i can't find them so if, if anybody's i love the power of the internet's great because i'm sure somebody knows what i'm talking about but um but yeah there was there was a lot going on between you know in the last 20 15 to 20 years or so um, but I think kind of just, just shifting gears real quick. I know that we want we both agreed that we really wanted to hit on this, um, leadership as service. And what does that mean? You know, I think a lot of times in church circles, you know, we hear about servant leadership and Jesus was a servant leader and all of that stuff. And I think that that's good to an extent for sure. But I, I we actually didn't, dive too deeply on this offline. So I'd be interested to hear what, what do you, when you think of leadership and good leadership and service leadership, like what are the things that come to your mind?
1: Yeah. So, um, I actually graduated with a degree in organizational leadership, um, with a focus in servant leadership. So, um, I have, (laughs) I have a, a good background on, you know, in that area as far as like, you know, academics academics go. Um, but personally I feel as though I have a pretty good, um, background there too, (laughs) and a lot of good experience. And so, um, yeah, I think when I think about servant leadership, um, I think back to my experiences more than my academic training and just about what that means and what, what that has meant to me as far as leading people and leading people well. And really um, kind of, you know, um, being someone who is an example and being an example to other people around me and making sure that what I'm doing aligns up with what I'm expecting those around me to be doing. Absolutely. And so, um, I don't know, I think for me personally, some of the takeaways I've learned just from experience and whether that just be from – Uh, different jobs I've held, um, in management or in upper, in upper management. Um, and then also being a missionary, um, and leading missions teams overseas for the past 10 years. Um, and then now starting my, um, organization and, you know, bringing on people and working alongside people, um, you know, whether it be on a small scale or a large scale, um, I think just like, learning that people will follow a leader or a person um, who's willing to show up and get their hands dirty and serve others consistently and um, someone who will um, consistently come through. And so, like, for me personally, like, I'm always – whenever I'm in a leadership role or position or leading others, like, checking my heart and making sure, like, that's what I'm doing – (laughs) Sure. <laughs> like, am I willing to get my hands dirty? Am I willing to show up all the time consistently for this? these people that are technically, like, not under me? I don't mean that in, like, a, right. you know, rude or, you know, um, in a way that would degrade people. But, like, am I showing up consistently for the people who are following me? Um, and um, am I serving them or am I um, behaving in a way that would um, show them that I'm willing to do exactly what I expect them to do. And, um, yeah, I think that is probably one of the, the bigger focuses or the the bigger lessons I've learned in leadership, um, over the past 10 years and into my training as well.
0: No, that's great. And I think that, yeah, you hit on a lot of great points and I think it's definitely interesting, um, and, and maybe you can speak to this too and kind of let you talk for a little bit if you'd like, but, um, like as a woman, like that's, mm-hmm. there's challenges that come. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, even
1: from other women. <laughs>
0: right. That I, I may not ever understand or whatever. So like that, talk to me about like, what are some of the challenges as a woman, just trying leading an organization and leading other people and, and, and maybe even leading people that don't necessarily take you as seriously because they have their own prejudices and all of those things. So mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what is that? What is that for you? Yeah,
1: um, I think there's been a lot of times when I have been or met challenges um, working with other people who um, maybe don't have respect for me as a woman, Mm -hmm. even from other women. Sure. Um, People who don't respect me due to my age.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: There have been times when I'm younger than other people that I'm leading and they, um, you know, maybe verbally say they respect me because I'm, you know, respect me, period, but don't behind closed doors because I'm younger than them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a lot of people who, again, outwardly say they respect me because, or period, they just respect me, but on the back end or in their actions, they don't respect me because they think I lack experience or they just doubt the fact that I do have experience or they don't like the fact that I'm more experienced than them, and that happens. And as a leader, you're going to face challenges like that. That just happens. I mean, you cannot deny the fact that, you know, you're going to face opposition and it's going to be ugly and it's going to be painful and it's not going to feel good. Um, But something for me that I've really tried to focus on instead of looking at the challenges is trying to keep a personal perspective Mm -hmm. and um, remember that who I'm leading um, are humans. They're humans. They're people. And sometimes those are friends. And sometimes those are people that you want to have relationships with. And sometimes those are people that you are close to, yeah. and um, you know you as much as you might want those relationships, and as much as you might want those friendships to last forever and ever and ever, or as much as you might want that those people to approve of you, or um, you know, be your BFFs. At the end of the day, that's not always the case. And so, in the situations when you're leading them, again, it just really helps me to remember that um, to keep that personal perspective and remember that they're humans. They have feelings. They have opinions. Um, To stay kind um, and to remember, like, to stay sensitive. And that is hard for me sometimes. It is hard for me to stay sensitive when someone is disrespecting me because they don't agree with me because I'm 10 years, 20 years younger than them. Oh, no. (laughs) And still having to remember that, no, like, I'm still your leader and I'm still your authority and you you do have to, like, submit to me in this situation. Um, But... If I can at least maintain that perspective that, hey, no matter what, this person is a value, this person has an opinion that I need to respect, mm-hmm. this person have, has feelings that I care about, this person, you know, deserves for me to be kind to them, and I need to be gentle, um, and I still need to accomplish what needs to be done, but I yeah. also need to be a kind person and a kind leader and still treat them the way I would want to be treated and assume the best in them. And not always, you know, assuming the best in them, while still not being naive. Yeah, that's a hard um, balance.
0: That's a hard balance.
1: It is. It definitely is. But I feel like that—that's been my best, um, not defense. I don't want to say defense in in a you know um, weird way or in a way that would come across as you know defensive. But that has been my best defense in dealing, you know, with challenges in leadership. And uh, yeah, just really. Looking at things in a personal perspective.
0: Yeah, no, that's great, and and you hit on so much there, and uh, and I I think I think it's true. Like leadership is hard. Like it's it's probably one of the hardest (laughs) things that anybody could do is to try to lead other people. You know, John Maxwell always talks about like leadership is influence. You know, if you if you're a leader but you don't have anybody following you, you're just taking a walk. You know, (laughs) it's one of those things. I you know leadership is influence. I'm actually. We have very, we had, uh, I had a different undergrad, but um, my master's degree is, is, in, is in organizational leadership. And so I, I am getting a lot of these same kind of concepts uh, drilled into me as well. And, you know, one of the things that I'm learning is that good leadership kind of takes the, para- the pyramid of an organization and flips it on its head. Like, you know, if you think about it, like the CEO has the weight of the company on his shoulder and he is gonna empower his high level leaders who are gonna empower middle management, who are gonna empower the employees, and hopefully those employees then are going to give the best possible customer service so that the company or whatever it is can make money or be successful. And so I think a lot of people, you know, especially nowadays with the news and stuff, there's a lot of like CEOs that are just sitting at the top, you know, not doing a whole lot for the the their people and are just you know kind of just taking their thing now do they have a right to do that yeah it's their company is it good leadership no it's not mm. and uh you know I, I i'm very passionate about leadership because um i've seen such i've seen how drastic bad leadership can be and how it can ruin yeah. not just a company but can ruin people i've had bad leaders along the way and
1: i've been a bad leader
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've had i've had some i've had some <laughs> brutally bad leaders along the way and like and, and to the point where it caused me hurt and pain and stuff where I had to walk away and it took me time to heal and figure out what I was doing because of how bad that leader was. And so for me, leadership, I think is so important to, um, you know, like you just, like you said, like believing that, that in the best in everybody, but also not being naive. And I think too, like there's also a line like, I'm a grace guy I will I, I want to give a million chances, but it's, absolutely there are some times where you got to cut ties with people and, and I think being a good leader is knowing exactly when to do that you know when when is when is your grace enabling bad behavior versus when is your grace you know uh, allowing somebody to grow um, yes. and so yes. leadership leadership is service I, I, I'm all about it. I think that um, you know I, I work. I work for target right now and, and we have a, a new team leader and um, he came from a different store. And I'll tell you this, like that guy is not afraid to like jump on a register when we're busy. And he's not afraid to jump behind the desk when we need him. Like he's not just standing there, like giving orders. Like he sees <laughs> a need and he fills it. Like somebody needs to go on breaks. Like I seen him, like this guy is like a high level leader. He had uh, one of our cart guys had to go on an extended break, had an appointment. This guy's wrangling carts in the parking lot. And you know, he's, he's like second command in the store. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things. And I look at that I'm like, I totally respect that. So when he, when I see him do things like that, and then he asks me to do something that I don't necessarily want to do, I'm more apt to do it with a better attitude than, yeah. than the guy that just comes in and bosses everybody around. Now I want to keep my job. So I do, I do it. Yeah, I do it, <laughs> but it's definitely a much more pleasant experience. And it's a much more, um, respect building thing because he, I respect him for jumping in and doing what he, what he needs to do to make our lives easier as employees, but also, like, vice versa. Like, I'm, I'm now motivated to want to make his life easier, and I can come to him right. and, hey, man, what do you need? What do you need done? Like, here, here's I've got some extra time, so here, let me help you over here. Like And it, and it just builds team and camaraderie. And so, mm-hmm. like, leadership building well, is so, so important.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't have to worry about people following you when you're willing to do what you expect from them
0: right yeah no so, I that's mean, that's good absolutely that's, that's really good like if you're giving orders and you're not you're, you're not willing to do it like you're you're missing it man like you know i and we've all been there we've all had leaders that wouldn't get their hands dirty and it's just like i don't yeah, I, yeah i'll do it because i want to keep my job but like i don't have a ton of respect for you you know and so right right you're gonna get you're gonna get the minimum out of me you're gonna get you know it will, but when i have a when you have a leader that's a good leader. It's 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 a good it's a really really good thing. Good thing. Um, absolutely, and that's a and that's well, a great. Co- or go ahead. Yeah, what were we gonna say?
1: No, no, no. I just want to touch on that because I think like it touches on the idea of integrity,
0: yes.
1: and like knowing that others are watching. Um, I love this quote by Brené Brown, and mm. it's she says, "I'm here to get it right, not to be right." And I love that because yeah. it's something that like I've been working on recently and um you know when i come at things like you know i'm i'm right you're wrong mentally there's no servant leadership there's no there's no room for me to grow there's no room for the other person to grow when i'm looking at it like well i'm right you're wrong um but when i approach it from the idea of i'm here to get it right it looks different and it leaves room to collaborate and grow together and it shows integrity. It shows yes. that, hey, others are watching, and I, and not only like for the uh, right, you know, for people are watching, but it shows your character. Yeah. It shows the idea that, hey, like I'm, I'm willing to be wrong and I'm willing because I'm here to get it right. Yep. I might not always be right, I'm here to learn what right is.
0: Mm-hmm. And I like <laughs> and that. And I just love yeah. that. I, there was another quote, um, in, we, I think we talked about this, in a, I think I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but there's, there's a difference between a high value for truth and a high value for being right. And if I have a high value for being right, then if anybody yeah. comes at me with contrarian information um, based on what uh, my preconceived notions are, I'm going to reject that person and say, no, you're mm-hmm. wrong, go away. But if I have a high value for truth and if I have a high value for getting the situation right, then I'm that person's gonna come to me and I'm gonna go, oh, well, I haven't considered that position. And then I'm gonna weigh it out. Now, at the end of the day, that person could still be wrong and you still may be right, but it could be the inverse. You may have had the wrong perspective or have gotten the wrong information. Like typically people believe the first information about a situation that they hear, and then everything else kind of backs it up. So like when when somebody, let's say you're the boss, you know, you're the leader and someone comes to you, so-and-so is doing this. Like, I think a good leader doesn't instantly believe right there, right then exactly what happens, but waits to get all of the information yeah. before making judgments, even in their right. heart, even right. in their heart, you know, because it's, if if I, if somebody presents me with some information, so-and-so stole something, I'm going to go into that interaction with so-and-so and they're going to be, and it's already going to be in my mind, the way I'm framing the conversation is Hey, you stole something, and now you have the burden of proof to show me that you didn't instead of really? going, "Hey, there's an accusation that's floating around what's what's the story? what happened absolutely and I think that like good leadership is is just really it's just really difficult to um how do I want to say this like there's so much nuance to it, and so n- you can have all the the manuals and the books and the classes. But I feel like good leadership is so nuanced and is so individualized that um, it really just takes character, integrity, and just somebody who's willing to constantly learn uh, and grow with that. And and Definitely. here's the thing: all and this kind of transitions us into our next topic. But like, if you're a good leader. You probably have leaders you're following and you probably have coaches and you probably have mentors. Like if you're not being coached or mentored, it's really, really hard for you to coach and mentor anybody else. You yes, know?
1: And that's and I really love like I just want to pause right there for a minute because I believe personally that a true leader is invested in others Mm-hmm. and is invested in the success of others
0: yes and
1: a true leader is not just one like we talked about all these kind of character traits and all these kind of you know character points and whatnot a true leader is not just developing themselves but a true leader is developing others yep. and developing other leaders yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's something that i personally am like a whole just hearted believer in and mm-hmm. Whether it's in my organization, whether it's in like at my house with my kids, whether it's in a business, you know, my whatever that looks like in every area. Like I'm looking for opportunities to mentor (laughs) and to develop other leaders because that's what a leader does. And I I love how we're kind of transitioning into this next part because I have personally had mentors and leaders develop me
0: Mm. And
1: those people in my life who have done that for me have made such a huge difference and have made me and inspired me to want to be able to do that for other people.
0: Right. No, that's good. And
1: so that's what leaders do.
0: Absolutely. Like, and I want to hit on this, like the importance of like having, and you can interchange these words almost a little bit. I know they're slightly different, but having a coach or a mentor, like what, I think for a lot of people, it's hard to see the value in that because it's not a tangible product. So like coaches and mentors cost money because that's a lot of them. That's how they make their living. And I think that's totally acceptable and okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I believe everybody should, if they can afford it and, and if it's, if it's feasible and all of those things, obviously like if, if you have an area of your life that you're struggling with, go get a coach. I promise you there's somebody there that you could Definitely. reach out to and help and get a mentor. whether uh, that's your business. Your finances, your relationships. I mean, look at like marriage counselors. I would lump them in as a coach, right? They're marriage yeah, coaches, they essentially. Yeah. I mean that's what they are. Like even with, if you're having in therapy in the same way, like if you're if you're struggling with your emotions, therapy is another name, or a therapist would be another name for a mentor or coach. And I know that the yeah. definitions are slightly different, but like even um, with with me and what I'm doing right now, like I I get to coach. You know, I've got about 20 people that I'm coaching right now through their health journeys. Through their through their weight loss journeys, and I'll tell you this: like uh, I'm a big football guy, and and this is the example I use: like you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Packers, he uh, he's one of the best to ever play the game. You know, he's he, he is a top tier quarterback, one of the best of all time. He he's awesome. Did you know the guy has eleven different coaches? The guy has eleven. He has a head coach. He has an offensive wow. coordinator. He's got a passing coach. He's got a footwork coach. He's got a strength and conditioning coach. Like if if Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably one of the most talented football players ever needs a coach, then you probably need a coach too. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you want to, like, for, you know, and I'll just use weight loss as an example because that's what I'm doing right now as, with, as a health coach, I, I, I'm i coaching these people and helping them lose weight. Like weight loss is super easy. It's a math formula. You, you move more, you eat less, you're going to lose weight but we're emotional people, we're mental people, we're in our heads and, and we're tempted by things and we don't always do the things that we wanna do and what a coach can do is come in, offer a different perspective, interrupt those temptation patterns and make sure that you stay on course so that you can hit your goals. And I think that's why like, I'm so passionate about leadership and coaching because I feel like you can have a talented person who doesn't have any direction And they're probably not going to do anything with their life. We all know those people that are brilliant, but you're like, why are you, why are you like not living up to anything? And it's like, because they probably don't have anybody to help refine them. Mm -hmm. And, but they're so talented. And so what I, 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 what I'm finding is I love finding talented people who are humble enough to say, Hey, I need help with this. I can't do this on my own. Will you help me? And for me, that's like a double win because I know that I'm going to develop in them the skills and the patterns that I've learned along the way. And guess what? They're going to be able to reproduce that elsewhere and it makes the world a better place. It isn't just about building Brian's kingdom. It isn't just about making tons of money as a coach. It's about knowing that I'm transferring skills that I've acquired over many, many years of working with people and transferring those skills to other people so they can do the same thing. And then 50, 60 years from now, like the needle has moved even just a little bit because I was alive and because I stepped into my purpose and and I started being a coach. And so I, 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 I'm just to give some unsolicited advice here, go get a freaking coach, man. And it doesn't matter financial. If you need a financial coach, go get somebody who's, who's going to audit your bank account and go like, Hey dude, you went to Taco Bell 12 times last month and spent 140 (laughs) bucks. Here's some money that you could have used Towards this bill or that bill or getting out of debt or, you know, or a relationship coach. Hey, man, like, don't cheat on your wife. That's just a probably a good, you know, a good starting place. <laughs> a good start. Like, <laughs> so, you know, and, and if, if somebody has to tell you not to cheat on your wife, you're probably, that's, you're probably just. In, in a, bad not, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> a bad place. You're in a bad place. But. No, so I but need a I couple just,
1: different coaches, right?
0: You're going to, yeah, you're probably going to need an attorney and <laughs>
1: <laughs> that type of coach, that
0: kind of coach, a, a legal coach. Um, yeah. but seriously, like there are some people and, and the thing is, is, is I, I just really believe that a good coach can change your life because oh, yeah. there oh, are, yeah. we all have goals. If you are, if you're listening to this podcast, we, this is a self-development podcast. We believe that you probably want to make your life better and you have goals. And, and guess what I'm telling you, get, find a coach to get there. If I'll be and here's a shameless plug. If you need to lose weight, if you need help doing that, I'm, I'm a health coach. I would love to help you. If you're listening to this podcast, reach out to me. I love you. And I'm helping Sunny right now and she's kicking butt right now and it's fantastic. And she's doing great. And we're, we're all on this health journey and it's. Man, it's it's not a bad thing to go get a coach. You don't have to do life by yourself. You're not going to and 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 I and I know I don't like absolute statements, but I'm going to make one here. Well, you're you're probably not going to hit your goals in life unless you have other people involved as well. So, Yeah, Sunny is That's taking right. Sunny's taking selfies with her microphone right now. This is great. Hey, what's up? So, oh my gosh. I wanted to get
1: more of an authentic photo, but that didn't happen. That's okay. That's okay. Um, Um, But I do want to add on to this mentor conversation because, I mean, I feel as though I have – like I love this concept. And so, um, you know, growing up, I, you know, I came from a troubled background. I didn't really have a stable home life, and so that was difficult. Um, But I really had mentors come in and, like, step into my life. And I'm so thankful that they did. And they really, um, like in times where, um, I needed that personal development and they saw that I'm sure, (laughs) and they just stepped in and really made me, um, challenge, you know, they challenged me, they encouraged me in times when I needed that encouragement, mainly spiritually, um, and really just, um, pushed me to be better. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of times spiritually, but also just in life, like also at a real, as a really young, impressionable um, girl, mm. um, you know, teenage girl who needed um, an example of how to follow God, but also just how to be a person, yeah. <laughs> like how to function as a functioning c- citizen in society. <laughs> um, and that was so huge for me. It was so huge. And honestly, if I didn't have those um, mentors in my life that I did. And I can speak to one very, um, I I can speak to one with my whole heart. If I didn't have her, um, I don't know where I would be. And I can't say that I wouldn't know the Lord. I can't say that, you know, I wouldn't, you know, be where I am today, but I don't think I would have passion. I don't think I would have the direction that I had as a young person that stuck with me that I do have today. And um, I am just so thankful that someone decided to take a chance on me and decided to say, Hey, you're worth investing my time and my effort into, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to spend time with you alone and like pour the word of God into your heart. And just, I remember there was a time, and this is like pretty personal, but I was going through a really hard season. I was 17. I'd broken up with my boyfriend. We, I thought I was going to marry him obviously wrong but i did and i was going through a dark season in my life at that age and just a really like i remember that being a very pivotal sta- stage because it was like i could have gone one way or another and it was like i remember being so on the line of like dark and light almost yeah. and i remember just sitting in my pa- my youth pastor she was my youth pastor sitting in her office and having such a bitter heart because of what had just happened and it was a pretty crazy situation, and I just was really bitter and angry. And I wasn't going to youth group, youth group at the time, and I remember just sitting in her office, and she had literally drugged me into her office. I remember being like feeling very bamboozled into going, and she loved me enough to just sit me in her office and read God's word over me. And I remember sitting there and just being like, "Ugh, I don't want to. I don't want yeah. to listen to this. I don't want to listen to this." And I remember even having an attitude about it, mm-hmm. but. She literally just sat there and loved me enough to just care for me and just to pull me aside from the darkness that I was in and the dark situation that had happened because it was not a fun time in my life and just pull me aside and just speak into my life for an hour. And I believe that that, like sowed seeds into my life that are fruit today. And, you know, again, I don't want to get spiritual and, you know, go too far on that road here. But I just want to say like, that made a huge difference to me and i look at that now like what kind of a difference can i make for other people sure. and maybe in my life like that looks different now it's not i'm not you know the capacity that i'm a mentor and, and leadership in this day you know, for me personally now looks different than it did you know for that mentor in my life as a leader and maybe some leaders listening ask yourself like what opportunities and what roles do i have to speak into others
0: sure. daily Guys,
1: we have a huge platform to be an influence and Brian touched on this as far as like, you know, if you're, you're a leader when you have influence, we have social media, we have a Facebook, we have Instagram pages, we have so many opportunities to be leaders in for those people around us and to speak life and to speak hope and to just just be encouraging to those around us and to mentor people. I mean, Brian does so much of his coaching and his mentorship Afar.
0: It's all, it's all, it's all, it's literally all remote. I don't have anybody. All remote. It's all online. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And so I just want to encourage you. I know like, you know, as we touched on before, this is like a self-development podcast and then challenge you and ask like, what are the ways you can be mentoring someone or be a leader for someone today? And it doesn't always have to be in person or one-on-one. It can be how you use your social media platforms, Uh, how you use your words on when you're talking to someone on the phone. How you are interacting with someone, maybe it is in person, at the supermarket. I just want to encourage you guys with that today. And even for myself personally, maybe for Brian too, like how are we stepping into that leadership role and being generous with our time?
0: Absolutely. And I I want to say one more thing before we, we move into that is, you know, I I would say looking at a lot of the world's problems right now, and, and, and I don't want to go too deeply into this and we can actually, I think this might be a really great topic to do, deep dive into maybe next time, but we have to understand this is like fatherless. We, we live in the most fatherless generation in the history of, of this country right now. Like there are less fathers in the yeah. home right now than there has ever been. So like, and, and not that mothers can't be leaders. I'm not, please like, don't hear me say that. But what I'm saying is, is like when you're, when you're missing like that growing up it's very very hard to understand what good leadership is and we have Mm -hmm. we have an opportunity i think as millennials and as we get older into our 30s there are going to be these teenagers that are coming up that don't have moms or don't have dads and we have an opportunity to step in and be leaders and be those moms and dads for them and like change change the course of this country like we're we're going to Dark place right now as a country, and I would venture to say, like a lot of that, in my opinion, comes from uh, dads or moms not being in the home, not being able to raise their kids, and and kids growing up and and not having that structure and stability. And, and guess what? As a leader and as somebody in their thirties, you can have stru- you can give sixteen year old kids structure and stability. Listen, it doesn't have to be a faith based anything, you don't have to be a Christian or any sort of religion to do. These kind of things to love people because honestly, at the end of the day, leadership is a, no, is a form of loving people well. It's, it's, it's showing up, doing things by example, and then loving people well so that they want to emulate you. And if, But if you are not being coached and if you're not being mentored, then it's you're probably not a person worth emulating. Like honestly it's a cycle it's it's a, it's a positive cycle and a negative cycle it's a, it's a, it's a habitual cycle of neg but also when the positive when you can break that and start that positive cycle that is a self-propelling cycle too because health begets health i believe that 100% and mm-hmm. and when you are a leader and, and we'll, as we transition here into the kind of just our, our last topic like it allows you like it allows you to be more generous and I think that good leadership is are people who are generous. Like sometimes not everybody has a mic, but we all have the same amount of time in the day. We all have 24 hours in a day. And one of the ways that you can be a leader if you're not confident in uh, your abilities to lead is just being generous. Now, generosity a lot of times gets equated with finances, and I get that. And there's a very large piece of that that is finances. But I've, I, would, I would argue and I would say that generosity isn't so much the act of giving is it is the state of being. It's this generous state of being that you are always looking to give away what you have because you have a mindset of abundance and knowing yes. that you are going to be taken care of. When mm-hmm. you, you know, if, you, if you're in sales or any sort of commission work, you get that one check and you worked really hard for that check and all of a sudden you hold on to it so tightly and so, you know, because you don't know when the next one's coming, right? That That is a, a mindset of scarcity that doesn't allow you to be generous. But when you know that God or the universe or however you want to say it, like has your back, like then you're able to take care of the needs of the people that have a lot less than you. And you get to be a leader in their life through the act of generosity. So.
1: Yeah, no, it's so true for me personally. I, I find that, um, when I'm generous, generosity finds me. And, um, I like, like, I mean, I don't say this to, to, like, toot my own horn or, you know, sounds arrogant, but I, like, look for ways to try and be generous. And that mm-hmm. doesn't always look for, like, you know, oh, that doesn't always look like giving money away or, like, giving, you know, my finances away. I mean, that's, you know, not always the case. But I try to, like, find ways to, like, give, like, tangible things away. Um, like, I... This is a couple of years back, but I would try to um, like challenge myself if someone complimented me on an item that I had or was wearing or, you know, oh, I really like that or whatever your earrings or whatever it was. I like challenge myself to like often give those away. Like if they, someone complimented my earrings here, you can have them. And it would always <laughs> take them by surprise and it would always make, it would always make them feel good, of course, sure. but it would always make me feel better. Because it was like, you know what? Those are just things. They're just a thing. They can be replaced. And what matters more is the fact that they felt loved. And
0: yeah. that
1: they felt like I cared enough to give them something that like, I can find somewhere else if I really wanted them. Right. And to be honest with you, I can't even remember the things that I gave away. Right. Because they didn't mean the world. Like, they weren't the world to me, but it meant the world to them that they got it. Yeah, no,
0: that's and great. So, and
1: I bet those people who have that item remember the, oh yeah, that crazy lady gave those to me, you know, <laughs> so, you know, so I just like, for me personally, that's just my, like, and I haven't done that in a long time and I need to do it again. I just need to get back mm-hmm. into that habit. But like, that was something I felt like I really tried to strive for and also mm-hmm. just having a mentality of like, these are just things. And like, mm-hmm. I don't need to be attached to the, all these things. Like if right. I, oh, yeah. like, could I give this away if God told me to give it away? Like, could I give this, could I part with this if if I was asked to like part with it? And then the other half of that is just that generosity finds me. Like, I am so thankful that like my, like I've been provided for, like, and I do believe that's because we've just been generous. Like we've just been, you know, there is that, that blessing of, you know, what you, what you reap, you sow. And if you are generous, like I believe generosity follows. And, you know, I, I, that's, that's kind of my, that's my thought. That's my, my no, that's mindset good. on generosity. I love what you said about abundance and, and scarcity. And, you know, when you have that mindset of, oh no, this is it, this is it, this is it. I'm never, you know, I have to hold on to it. Um, it really can restrict what generosity, what, that what abundance can come back to you.
0: It's a self fulfilling prophecy too, because when you hold on tightly, it's very hard for more to come to you. Mm-hmm. So then, when nothing comes to you, you can go see. I told you nothing. Nothing more is coming. Well, it's like, well, dude, if you would just live in a sense of abundance and generosity, and, and give it away, it would come. It would come back. Like, right. listen, I don't. I, I not not to get too straight. I don't understand how the law of reciprocity works. I believe it works, and I believe it works for everybody. I don't understand it and I don't understand why, but it seems like the people that are giving stuff away are the ones that have stuff. Right. And, it, and it's crazy. <laughs> and, and I want to add to that too, too. Um, also like being generous without any qualifiers to the person you're being generous to. Yeah. So like, yeah, for, don't for expect exa- anything back. <laughs> well, I would, I, 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 not so much expecting back, but I think a lot of times we look at like somebody who's homeless or somebody who's down and is like, oh, if I give them money, they're just going to spend it on drugs. Like you don't know that person's heart. You don't know that person's situation and what they spend that money on is between them and God. But God Mm -hmm. has called us to be generous and not qualify people because you don't know what that's going to do for that person. Could that person spend that money on drugs? Yeah. But guess what? Once that money leaves your hand and is in their hand, they become a steward of that money and God can deal with them. But he didn't call us to deal with them. He called us to just be generous. And I, I'm not saying that you don't use discernment and I'm not saying, you know, you know, I, if I know somebody's got a heroin needle in their arm, I'm not giving them a hundred bucks, but I'm going to go spend a hundred dollars to get them help. But it just, if it, it, just in an everyday situation, like somebody needs something, like I don't feel the need to have to qualify and wonder, well, are they going to use it on good things or not? Because honestly, like at that point, in, in my opinion, at least like that's between them and God and all God asked me to do is be obedient. And right. when people see needs or when they're, when I see needs then, and, and, and then I can fill them, I, I have to be better at this. There are times right. where I feel prompted to give money and I'll have that scarcity mindset, you know, yeah. right? especially cause yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't arrived yet and I'm arrived quote unquote, but I haven't, I haven't gotten <laughs> to died that place. Yet, you mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to that place where like I have a ton of free money. Like my bills are tight every month and I'm hustling to get by and all of those things. And, um, but I'm believing and and knowing that as I'm more generous and as I keep working hard, like th- I'm going to have the life that I want to have. Yeah. And I know, but, but, but it also is perspective to know that there are people that would kill to have my life. Like even right now, like the fact that I yeah. have an apartment and a roof over my head and a car that runs and a full-time job and an internet connection. Like there are people in this country, in my city that would kill to have what I have, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's all perspective and, and generosity. It and, is. you know, I, I think that this is actually a really good stopping point because we are literally right under an hour and um, we just a few seconds to, to 60 minutes. And, and I just want to, I just want to encourage everybody, just some, some final thoughts here. um, You know, get a coach. And I know we talked about it earlier, but I think if there was like a focal point of this episode that I could, I wish I could just drill into people. And I'm not even saying that coach has to be me, but I'm saying go find somebody to help you in the areas of life that you are lacking. If that means going to get therapy, listen, I believe that every single person needs to go get therapy. I I, I believe in therapy wholeheartedly. Um, If that means you got to go find someone to audit your bank account. that means you got to have somebody to sit down and talk with your, with your spouse, if that means, you know, um, you you need to have a pastor pray for you and coach you, it's fine. If you need someone to help you lose weight, that's me. Um, I'll help you, but like find a coach, find a mentor. It's going to really, really change your life. Um, and I hope that you can see the value in that because I did not see the value in that for probably 29 years of my life. (laughs) So yeah. Final thoughts, Sonny?
1: no i I mean I just really love the idea of leadership. I love the idea of mentorship that's yeah. those are both things really close to my heart um I just am so big on those things. I love learning more and more um I love the growth that I personally have had thanks to the Lord honestly in my experience with with missions and traveling and you know i'm i'm it's it's easy to be disappointed in your failures um but it's another thing to be really thankful for your failures and really thankful that God's grown you in those failures. And that's, that's how I feel.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and then also to just, now that I get the chance to mentor and lead others, um, um, it's humbling. And so I just encourage you today, um, find, um, I I do agree with Brian a hundred percent, find a mentor, find a leader, find a therapist. If you need one, if you feel, there's an area in your life where you could use some, um, guidance in absolutely a hundred percent. Um, I've personally benefited from that in a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah. And if you find, if you feel there's a way where you could be a better leader, take that chance, take, take that, um, platform and use it for good and be a leader and be someone who's integrous and who, um, you know, shows up for the people who follow you, even if it's on social media.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that that's that's just good advice. That's just great, Sonny, Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank Thanks you. for hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, find us online, um, Instagram. We'll put our Mess- handles
1: in the in the notes. And
0: we'll put it in the notes: Messy.Millennial millennial on Instagram, Facebook, uh, the messy millennial. Um, we love you guys. If you need anything, reach out to us. Um, message us on Facebook. Add us on Facebook. We'll be friends. It'll be a good time. Um, Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts is a huge, huge deal. It helps the algorithm so more people can see our content. So if you enjoy our content, please go online and give us a five-star review and tell us why you enjoy the podcast. But, hey, we will talk to you all later. And uh, you guys have a good rest of your day. Over and out. Bye. Bye.